podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. What if you could make fresh, delicious meals at home without the stress of planning, prepping, or cleaning up? Introducing Tavala. Tavala is a first-of-its-kind meal service that makes eating well effortless. By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef-crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala smart oven while the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook. Just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup. Simplify mealtime today with Tavala. Go to Tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala smart oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T-O-V-A-L-A.com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala. Eat well effortlessly. Tavala.com. gentlemen to the Wednesday edition of a Celtic State of Minds Bulletin. Uh, apologies for the delays, it does look as if we're having some technical issues. Kevin, always when you're on that we're having technical issues, what is going on here? Um, I'm sabotaging the show, I think that's what it is. Well, I, I mean, I, I did see in the, the papers today that um, Mark McGee says that he's going to starve himself because that's the way that he finds hunger and motivation to get himself to be the best that he can be. Take it from me, by the way, I don't think that starving yourself is going to get him very far, but it does suggest but as perhaps the wages in Dundee aren't quite as good as what a lot of people thought they were. <laughs> it could be, could be. I thought that was a very bizarre statement from him, though. Going to make himself, was it cold and hungry, I think, just to show how much he wants the three points at the weekend. I'll very tell bizarre. you some. Someone else who is uh, running slightly late, and I'll, I'll take the blame for this one. Um, he is not just hungry to be on here. He is starving to be on here. It's Brian Degman. How's it going? Hello! How are you doing, lads? Be good? It is okay. good to have you on, mate. Good to have you on. As I was saying, we've had some uh, technical issues, but we're getting out there. As I was saying, you were starving to join us today. Starving, mate. I was chomping at the bit. Too late to get involved. I just, we're just talking about Mark McGee being starving and turning his heating off. I don't know what that says more about coaching Dundee or living in Dundee, to be honest. Oh, he's quite a man, is Mark, isn't he? That's a. Uh, I can't believe. I, I actually had to. You know, sometimes you have to reread the headline. And I thought there's no way that's that that's a really badly worthy headline. And then I read it and I went, oh no, it's just Mark McGee. Mark McGee. <laughs> So, good luck to Dundee. They're certainly going to need it. Well, speaking about good luck, I think we're going to need it because we have a lot to cover in this next hour or so. Thank you to everyone who is joining us. Get comments in on the comments section and we will bring some of our favourites up. Now, I'm saying some of our favourites because everybody thinks that we've got favourites here and we just bring up some random comments from our favourite people. Anybody can get a comment and even, I don't know, Who's not a favourite of yours, Brian? We'll see if we can bring theirs up with the... um, it. There's, there's a few crackpots. There's one guy, 
who takes the time a timestamp if I miss say something. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll go to that I one. I don't know where it gets the time in the day, but um, I've actually got loads of favourites, but I'm not in charge of the buttons, lads. So. Ah, see, it's me today. So if my good pal Monty's in there, we'll see if he comes up in the comments section later <laughs> on. Uh, good. Now it's good to see all the regulars joining us. Um, let's start with Rio Hatati today. So there was a recent blog post this morning, and it's actually from himself. He, he does it for Yahoo Japan, and um, we were able to get a translation on YouTube, uh, on Twitter earlier from Dan Orlitz. Um Dan, who's obviously been on the show before, a fan and a friend of the show, um, tells us a lot about what he was saying in um, this blog post. Kevin, we were speaking about it just before we came on air. It's actually quite a an interesting insight into the life of a professional footballer. It is, yeah. Um, I read the, the post just before we came on. That was my first kind of glance at it. But uh, it's really interesting. You don't normally get that insight from like, an existing player. It's normally kind of in memoirs or whatever when people talk about their career. But to actually kind of get this kind of honest appraisal from Rio just now, is was uh, very interesting, insightful. How he wants to improve his game and everything. Yeah, he sounds kind of very humble and down to earth. Brian, have you had the chance to read the, the blog post this morning? I know it's only just came out. I had a look. Um, his name is Rio, and he's absolutely knackered by the sounds of it. <laughs> um, I was going to sing there, but I didn't want to get this subscribership down. Um, no, I think I don't think it was overly surprising to be fair. You can sort of see that. He's, he's been playing through and his performances are such that they are dipping coming up and he looks like a player who's played a lot of football. Um, and I think I think one of the, the, the parts about it I liked best was it was the human element. It was the fact that, you know, we have to take into account he's a young guy he take, and he talked about mental fatigue, which is something that I think a lot of football, football players don't talk enough about. And I think it's really important that some things respond, but... We need to take that into account, people's mental state as well. And I think that was really important that he mentioned it. And yeah, it was just, it's just really, I was going to say humanised him. It's not that we didn't seem to human in the first place, but I think it was really, really important to see that side of it. And I love the honesty. Um, and I also love the desire. His determination, you know, he, he loved to trust his teammates. He was determined to get better and improve. And I think it I think it was, it was really insightful. And I'd like to see more of that for, for other players. I think it's quite refreshing. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, for anyone that's not been able to see the blog post, definitely check out Dan's Twitter page um, where he has a, a great analysis of what was said. But some of the highlights were that Hatati's obviously moved from playing left-back for the Japanese Olympic team into centre midfield and he's taken a bit of time to adjust into that. Um, he moved to Celtic, he says, for, and this is one I'd like to get your thoughts on, the opportunity to play regular Champions League football, especially against teams from Germany and Spain. Now, Kev, considering that when we make it into the Champions League, we always draw a team that we've played before. I'm guessing he's speaking about Bayern Munich and Barcelona here. I'm actually surprised he wasn't talking about Ferenc Varos. He wants to come out to Hungary. That's where he really wants to play. <laughs> um, but I, I guess that is. I mean, it's, as, as um, Brian was saying, it was a really refreshing read. And you do get that human element that comes through. And I think it, you're right to say that it, it humanises him as a footballer. Because I think we are too quick to put footballers on a pedestal and kind of expect that they can go from country to country and performance levels won't drop. And, you know, it, they're not going to be affected by playing new environments. They're human. They will be. And he's been here, uh, he's been in Scotland for three months. So that kind of mental fatigue of, actually having to settle into a new country and a new culture is something that will play on him as much as it would you and me. So I, I totally agree that that was um, really refreshing to hear that and it, it gets it out in the open. But uh, also, yeah, excellent, I think, to, to hear him say these things, the, the level of play he wants to challenge himself against and the fact that he has come to Celtic to do that. He's could have gone anywhere. He's chosen Celtic because he actually believes that we're a club that can get back to Champions League level. And playing against the best, so very refreshing, and uh, you know, a lot of encouragement just from from those few little takeaways. 
Yeah, definitely, Brian. I mean, you, you hear the fact that he's talking about the Champions League. Obviously, Celtic haven't been in the Champions League now for a number of years, but it does show you the ambition that Ange is setting out for this team and what the ultimate end goal is, is to be a regular Champions League participating side. Yeah, and it's one of the things that, you know, at the start when Ange came in, it was one of the things I sort of jumped on. Um, Kev, Graham and I have spoke about this a bunch of times and that I think Europe should be the benchmark for us moving forward. I think if, if we can get to a point where we're consistent in Europe and we're, we're performing well against you know really strong teams, but playing our style of football and posing that, the domestic side of things will take care of itself. So, and that's an ambitious goal, but I think it's an achievable goal. We only need to look at Bodo Glimp, for example, who, you know, although they got beat out of Roma, they also beat them again. Uh, they obviously they could embarrass us, um, and they've done that by playing their football. Now, that took them four or five years to get there. Hopefully it won't take us the same, but I get the feeling that throughout the squad, and I think it comes from Ange, there is that ambition. You know, I don't think, you know, Matt O'Reilly, for example, is coming here to, to win the SPFL every year. I think he's wanting to go into bigger and better things, and I think most of the team are starting to believe they can achieve that at Celtic. And what we need to hope is that that's, that's the case, and it's no, it's no just a pipe dream. Yeah, definitely. Um, and obviously, we'll speak about potential recruitment in the summer coming up shortly. But just going back to what Rio was saying in his blog post, um, he says that even from the first game against Hibernian, he could feel the intensity of the European game was a lot higher than what he was used to in the J-League. Um, and he says it's not just um, physical fatigue, as Kevin, you were saying. It's the emotional fatigue as well. He's not been able to find that way yet in Scotland to get himself that break to kind of zone out of football and just concentrate on his family life and whatever else to give himself, as he says, a mental break. Um, and I actually noticed this because I actually um, heard a story that he was in um, the Brayhead Shopping Centre last week and he just went in to get a Starbucks coffee, obviously just dropping in and out and obviously was spotted because... Um, well, when you're a Celtic player, you're always going to get spotted, especially when you're, you've had such an impact as what he had. And he was sort of reluctant to get involved in the pictures. You could see it was obviously he was trying to find his time to zone in and out. But Brian, I could imagine that maybe back in Japan, he's not getting that all the time. He'd be able to go out these sort of walks in the park and go and grab a coffee without bumping into a fan who's... And, I don't think there's any kind of harm in fans looking to get pictures and stuff like that, but he is still looking for that time where he's not real Hitati the Celtic player, he's real Hitati the human being. Uh, well, I get that all the time. I can't... <laughs> <laughs> for How do you cope with it, Brian? Tell us. Listen, listen, it's, it's, it's no easy. I'll tell you that, it's no easy. But, um, listen, in all seriousness, it, it, it is, must be a huge culture shock to do that, to go to, to, to being in a very different culture and then having that exposure as a Celtic player where you can't go to certain parts of town, you, you need to watch what you're doing, you, you're, you get people who want to cuddle you or shout abuse at you and if he's, a, if he's quite a kind of shy guy and he needs that bit of self-reflection time, that's going to be difficult and again, it's another aspect that I think sometimes we don't really take into account that that pressure that players are under, not just on the park, off the park, how you interact with fans, you know, is this fan going to want a picture, is he going to want to punch me, um, am I in the right part of town? You know, can I shop without getting harassed? Can I get arrested? And I think, yeah, it's, again, just come back to my point, it was so refreshing to sort of hear that. And I think sometimes we need to take that into account. Um, now, I know Declan, fellow contributors, got about a million pictures with him and Ange, but that's going to be the best pals. I think, in general, it's, it's, it's always one of those things in my previous occupation. I worked with a lot the uh, met a lot of the footballers for, for both Celtic and Rangers um, in a sort of professional capacity and I tried never to talk about football because they were doing a separate thing it was sort of leisure time so I suppose it's just about how you, you go about things but um, yeah it's, it's for a guy like Rio who's come from Japan who's known a break it must be tough yeah, Kevin, I've seen the comments coming in. I'm going to bring this one up because I don't think this is fair at all. It's from JK. It says, come on, are we really going on about how hard the life of a modern-day footballer is? Give me a break. I'm not saying that these guys are living the sort of 9 to 5, 37 and a half hours, sitting in an office behind a laptop, much like 
the way that we are just now and they've got to go home and they're, they're worried about the bills that they've got to pay and stuff like that. But there is additional pressures when you are playing for the likes of Celtic and Rangers, especially when you've moved halfway across the world. Just because it's different from the pressures that maybe yourself or myself or anyone else that's watching deals with, it doesn't mean that we can just dismiss them. That's right up there with one of those comments that, and I know I haven't got the, the commenter, but it's when people say you know, they're fed up, say, what are you going to be fed up about? You're rich. They say, well, that's not really how it works. You know, a footballer should never get tired because he's paid X amount of grand a week. Well, that's not how it works. People are people. Their, their pay packet or their profile, they're still people. They've still got their own problems. They've still got their own issues. So I, I don't really subscribe to that. That, that for me, is a, a, quite a poor comment, to be honest. Uh, Kev, I mean, you, you get to hide from all the axon famousness that Brian seems to get because you're over in Hungary. But um, it, as I said, it, it must be very difficult. I know he's, he's trying to sort of um, play it down because he's played a lot of football since he's came to Celtic. And he mentions that later on, that he's doing this to sort of gain a mental and physical toughness. But it is a bit of a culture shock. And it would be the exact same for us if we were to move halfway around the world. It must have been the same for you when you moved to, to Hungary. Oh, when I moved here, I was mobbed. It was like Beatles getting off the plane. You know, I was... <laughs> uh, and I, I'm, I must be the most famous Axom contributor in Hungary. So, you know, I've got that going for me as well. But, uh, That's another but, trophy we'll give you at the end of the season. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it must be. Right? It, it's, you can look at it from the foot, as a, kind of the fans' point of view that the footballers get the best life in the world because you get paid thousands of pounds essentially just to stay fit and then kick a ball about in the weekend. But there's more to it than that. The pressures of being a footballer um, must be unbelievable when you're playing for a club like Celtic. To have that pressure of like, every time you walk out the front door, see, as Brian says, you don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know the reaction of someone just passing you in the street. Me and you can walk down the street and no one notices us, and we get on with our daily lives. Well, apart from Brian, obviously. Yeah, apart uh, from Brian. <laughs> but uh, if you're a footballer, uh, it's it's Celtic, then you don't get that. If you're living in Glasgow, you're in that goldfish bowl, everyone's on you 24-7, and you don't get the downtime. You don't get to relax. Uh, if you've come from an environment like Japan, which I believe is going to be a little bit more laid back, a uh, bit more respectful than you're going to get in, in Scotland and the UK, it's a huge culture shock, and you're not expecting it. And, and he will be a guy that will need that time to reflect and to kind of get his personal space in, in order. So it's 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 something that I just I don't think we realise exactly what it's like because we're not living that life. Yeah, we're, we're looking at it through a window from outside where everything looks rosy. But I'll I'll bet when you're in there, it's not the same. And you've always got the pressures to perform week in week out. Whereas me and you can have a week at work where we kind of slack off a bit. You know, maybe get just one week. Up. Well, being generous to you. <laughs> But you, you know what I mean? Like we, we can probably afford to slack off a little bit every now and again. And these guys can't because they're performing week in, week out in front of 60,000 fans who are expecting 10 out of 10 performances at worst. Yeah. And I, I don't think this is going to be a long-term thing with you. I do think this is a short-term sort of culture shock of moving to a different country, experiencing what it's like to have a different sort of fan base over here, a passionate fan base that will love you from the minute you sign right until the minute you leave. And as long as you give 100% for the jersey, that's all that they care about. Um, and as in, we said in Japan, the culture's a bit more relaxed. It's a bit more respectful. I'm not saying it's not respectful here in Scotland, but you do get it when you see... You can't help it. You see a, a, your favourite player in, in Starbucks. So you see your favourite player outside Ikea. And you, you can't help it. You're a bit kind of awestruck at times and then go, can I get a picture and... You see it, it's all over Twitter, it's all for the, the likes and the, the retweets and stuff like that. Look, it's going to happen, and I think Rio acknowledges that as well, and he's just taking his time to sort of adapt to it, which is, is understandable. Speaking about adapting, we're speaking about the travel time that he has, um, going from uh, Scotland to Japan, playing the 45 minutes against Vietnam, and then he came back just before the game against uh, Rangers, and he started having double vision from his jet lag. Now, it doesn't seem as if he was having that when he played in the game at Ibrox because for the 60 minutes he was on the park, it was very, very good. But this does show you that it's there's a lot to come. And if he's telling us now how fatigued, how tired he is, 
for me, he shouldn't have played 109 minutes on Sunday. He should have been off probably long before that. He's also played 90 minutes a handful of times before. We're taking him off around about the 60, 70 minute mark at the minute as it stands. But going into the last five games of the season, when you need everybody to be firing in all cylinders, and this is where we'll make the, the segue change into the, the Ross County preview, can we afford to have a guy starting every game who isn't necessarily going to be fit to give us 90 minutes, Brian? Or is it just a case of his needs must at the minute because the dynamic when he's in the team suits having him, McGregor, and either Rogic or O'Reilly in front of that, and we don't actually have someone else that we can step into that role? So, yeah, I think it's a mixture of things. So, in the first hand, I, w- I would agree with you. I don't think, if he's, if he's feeling fatigued, he shouldn't be starting and playing for 100 odd minutes. That that seems crazy to me. However, you also spoke about the dynamic, and it's something I talk about a lot, and I think the dynamic, the balance of the midfield is better when he's there. I, th- I still think, yeah, some of his passing can be a wee bit wayward at times, but he's off the ball, work is good, and he does add a lot to it. It's interesting, I think, although... I see if we'd have won the other day, I don't think we'd be questioning his contribution as much. I think it's it's a sort of self-reflecting thing where we say, well, should he be playing? Should he have made sub sooner? This kind of thing. I think he's been performing pretty well. And I think the midfield's been performing well enough that if you drop him, then there's more questions asked if that makes sense. Um, that being said, I would change him for... I think there is changes need to be made for the Ross County game. Um, and I, th- I think you see a, a reaction to that in the team selection. Who would you bring in for the Ross County game then? So either Beaton and push Callum forward or Gucci. Because you know, if you're looking for that sort of energy that Callum gives you that Beaton won't, I think Gucci could do that. I think, you know, he's trained, he'll be fit. He's not played much, but this is a good chance as any to, to get him in the midfield. Um, so either, so I'd, I'd have... Um, I'd have O'Reilly starting as well. I thought O'Reilly should have started the other day. I thought I thought big uh, big Sam looked off it. So I would have O'Reilly, McGregor further forward, and either Miguchi or Big Nero as the sort of the holding player. And I think that would just give a bit of strength because I say Hatati's come out, he's fatigued, and if we play him against Ross County and he doesn't have a good game, that just there's a lot of criticism and we don't need negativity at this stage. Five games left of the season, three to win it. It all has to be positive, it all has to be good and I don't think it's worth risking them. See, my concern is that we go into this game on Sunday with a lot of changes into this team and it disrupts what has been, with the exception of Sunday, quite a a good run of form over the last couple of weeks, probably the last couple of months to be perfectly honest. When you look at it, you're sitting going, is Juranovic going to be fit for Sunday? Is Greg Taylor going to be fit for Sunday? Then you're talking about who's going to be playing in the midfield. I don't know where near Beaton was on Sunday. I don't know if anybody can elaborate on where he was. I didn't hear it was an injury, so I can only maybe assume that it was something to do with COVID-related, and that's why he wasn't in the team. Um, And then you're looking at who else is going to play in there as well. Now, if we keep making these changes, because we are seeing a lot of players that are pulling up with injuries... Um, which is really unfortunate at the minute. We've got Jota, who a lot of people are saying in the chat has been off form for weeks. We've got Maeda, who is absolutely running himself into the ground. And you've got Abada, who hasn't necessarily hit the form that he's saying either. And the question's coming in here, and I think this is potentially what we're going to look at on Sunday. It's coming in from Seamus Duffy, and it's also coming in from Tommy R. Liam Scales... Could we see a return to the first team? I mean, completely out of the blue, it's got to be said, Kevin, for Liam Scales at the weekend if it does come down to injuries because looking at that back four that finished the game on Sunday, that was that was, that was was up where we hearts on the opening day of the season for how much of a makeshift back four that was. Yeah, yeah, you're right there. The back four that finished was kind of just when it was thrown together to cover over cracks and holes and what have you. Um and I, I think the only way Scales gets back into the team just now is if Taylor's injured. Um, and probably you've got to have Taylor and one of the right-backs injured because you'd probably move Juranovic over to left-back rather than playing Scales because he's been so far out the picture. Um, you'd be you'd have 
concerns and question marks over him if he did come back in because he's been out for so long and just, you know, is he going to be up to speed? And he'd had a few dodgy games as well. I think Bodo Grimp was maybe his last game. He was pretty poor in that one. But I guess if he's in the team, you've got to give him the trust that he can go and do the job and wouldn't play him if he didn't think he could. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fingers crossed and hoping that Greg Taylor makes it because we spoke about this yesterday in the show. I'm, I'm a fan of Taylor. I think he brings a lot of balance to the left-hand side. So my hope is that he does make it. Um, and I'm looking towards the rest of the team as well, I don't think there's any need to make major changes to, to the team. I don't think there's any need to be taking too many players out. If the back four is all fine, then probably the front three you can kind of keep the same as it was on Sunday because it should be good enough to win against Ross County. But I would agree with uh, with Brian that in midfield we probably need to freshen it up, especially going to Dingwall, where it's going to be a tough venue, always is. Uh, if Beaton's available, if he doesn't have COVID, or if there's no other issues preventing him from playing, I'd get him in just for that physicality and kind of calm head that he's been actually in the midfield in the last, well, basically all season since the Michelin game. He's, he's mm-hmm. calmed down and been a very uh, positive influence in the midfield. We are just getting confirmation that Beaton was at the game on Sunday. Um, I was at the game, so I've not seen it back on TV and I probably won't watch it back on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was seen talking to Kieran Tierney, so uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't COVID. So obviously either injury-related or rested. Hopefully it was rested. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm hoping there won't be whole-scale changes because I think that the kind of structure of the team that we've got at the minute yeah. is what's working for us. I think you'd be able to bring out one or two here and there, um, but we've got to try and keep it as fluid as possible. Um, for me, when I look at it, if you've got to change the fullbacks, I'd be hesitant to change the midfield three and then you're hesitant again to change who's going to be up front but the one change I absolutely would make is to start Kyogo Furahashi on Sunday I think when you look at the game as well as I said I've not watched it back but I, from what I've seen at Hamden um, we did lack that outball up front um, we did lack sort of that striker who will sit in the middle of the park and will try and link the play up. Uh, I don't think Maida was built to do that, Brian. He was definitely trying to get in behind. He was definitely chasing down every ball. Um, But I I do think if we'd maybe seen another half an hour of a a more fit Maeda and Kyogo up front on Sunday, we may have been able to cause a couple more problems. Possibly it's the reality as we never know, but I think Against Ross County, I would have Kyogo starting. Um, I would actually start him in, um, against Rangers as well. So I, I thought if you're fit enough to go on the bench, you're fit enough to start and then take him off. So I would, I would have started with Kyogo. I do prefer Mieda left. Um, I just think he gives you so much hard work and he's so hard to mark. He can kind of cover the whole their back, their opponent's back four, say, while Kyogo's got space to move in and out. And just marking those two would be an absolute nightmare. Um what would be interesting to see is, because I think just when you mentioned Jota, it has been a wee bit off form, but then I don't know if that's been because of the changes, because obviously with Jack and Marcus then made it through the middle, and then he's been left and he's been right, and maybe it's just he needs a bit of continuity there, because I think he's played his best football at left, and I think actually um, um, Jack and Marcus or Kiel in the middle benefits him better mm-hmm. uh, than, than Mieda. Because I don't think I think a lot of times made us chasing. That's his strength, but there's no really anybody else in the box at that stage. So I think I think Joe always needs to try and find someone. So it'll be interesting to see what what Ange does in terms of the team selection with that. It's interesting you say skills because I mean I don't know. Do, do, have we had any news about Juranovic and Taylor? Nothing yet. Nothing yet. I'd imagine the press conference will probably be tomorrow yeah, with Ange. Um, but let's make the assumption that they're not going to be fit because. If they're fit to play right, the back four won't change. But it, I think the more interesting discussion is if they're both injured, what do we do? Do you put Ralston right back, Scales left back? Or would you sort of change it, maybe make it like a back three? Instead of maybe like a 3 5 2, then you could have Kyogo and Mead up front. And then you could have, say, um, Carter Vickers in the middle, Starfield, 
right centre back, and maybe skills left centre back. Not that. If Benji makes any sort of formation changes, I wouldn't imagine so. And it wouldn't be ideal, but I'm just thinking of personnel. Um, because as you say, for we have to change up front, midfield and the back. It's a wee bit of a worry. The only good thing is we've got a week to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are, if your starting lineup looks like Ralston, Carter Vickers, Starfield, Scales, say Beaton, McGregor, O'Reilly, Abada, Kyogo, Jota, that's not a strong team. It's been more capable of beating most teams in Scotland. It's just whether that's going to be the thing, you know, this week that they work on. Apparently, interesting, I think it was O'Reilly was chatting last week. And he said that usually at the start of the week, they know they're playing. The answer is going to be top for some reason. So I suspect whatever formation or whatever team selection, they'll be working through pretty much for the start of the week. So that's a good thing. But yeah, a few interesting questions. But again, the thing about it as well, sorry, just to touch on Ross County. Good season they've had, and Dingwall's not going to be an easy place to go. And we need a big performance, you know, after, especially after after Sunday. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very big game. The next two games are absolutely huge for obvious reasons, but this Ross County one is really, yeah, really big game. It's interesting the formation that um, Brian was talking about there, Kev. The only time... I can remember us playing that formation this season is away to St Johnston just around Christmas time um, when Kyogo actually picked up the, the injury that saw him out till round about now. Um, we played a, a sort of 3-5-2 that day um, with Welsh, Carter Vickers and Starfelt in there as a centre-half. So obviously Welsh played on Sunday. Ralston um, wasn't playing. It was Juranovic at right-back and Scales at left-back. Um, we had a midfield of McCarthy, Beaton and Rogic. And up front, it started Kyogo and Abada through the middle. Now, when you look at that, if you're looking at the changes that you'd make to it, considering we don't know the fitness of Juranovic and uh, Taylor, you'd be talking potentially Ralston and Scales out there, Welsh coming into the centre-half position. Again, Welsh, to me, did not look comfortable on Sunday. Uh, I know he moved out to the right-back position, but even when he was sort of on the park, he didn't look comfortable at all. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You're then sitting looking at the midfield, who's going to play in there. You've got McGregor and uh, O'Reilly or Rogic are definitely going to start whether uh, Hatati stays in there. It just I don't think the dynamic of that midfield suits playing a 3-5-2. And I think that you are going to see the sort of 4-2-3-1 that we've been playing all season. Um, it's just about not making too many changes to the point of we'll lose the flow of how we've been playing. That's what happened at the start of the season. We are making changes for the sake of making changes. It was like times like when we dropped, every time we dropped Kyogo, we dropped points. So it's just getting the right balance ahead of this. So what is a very difficult tie? And thanks to the, the SPFL fixture changes, we'll know where we stand 24 hours before kickoff. Yes. Um, in terms of you know, the team selection information, I don't think he's going to change it. I don't think he'll change formation for this game. I think he'll stick with the kind of four-two, so 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3 system that we've had all season, pretty much, because it's worked and it's what the players are used to. And regardless of who's fit, I think we've got the players that can play in, in that system now. If it means that Scales has got to come back in after three months out, it means Scales has got to come back in. But he's a natural left-footer playing at left-back that keeps the shape in the system fine. I don't think he's going to make 
wholesale changes unless it's forced upon them. And I think, you know, as we said, if Juranovic, Taylor, Katavikas are all fit, they all play. So there's no change to the back line. Those changes will only come if they're enforced. I think regardless of that, you might make changes in the midfield because we need to freshen it up. But he's got players that can come in, that can play in that three. As we've said, Beaton can come in, O'Reilly can come in, David Turnbull can come in, who we haven't spoken about yet. Mm-hmm. And he's he's another option we've got. Um, Brian did mention Gucci, who we haven't seen anything of, really. I'd be wary about starting him but because he hasn't played. But he's another option that we can bring in off the bench if we need to. So I think we've got the players that can come in and just fit the system that we've got, and that doesn't disrupt that flow. And the players have been training in that system. They train, they, they train hard. You know, they train as they play. So I think if you're coming in, you're you're coming in kind of match ready and system ready just to go. Um, and and you know, without sounding overly confident, if we've got the the, the defence sorted, we've got the team that can go and win every game. So we, we shouldn't have too many fears. Respect Ross County, for sure. But know that the team that we put out, whoever it is, should be good enough to go and get the three points. Yeah, I think that that's the way that we've got to look at it. As I said, um, way back in January, if you win every game this season, you win the league. That was when we were six or seven points behind. Now, with the exception of the Scottish Cup, we've sort of done that so far. So you've got to just hope that we can continue to keep this run going. Um, and as you mentioned, we haven't mentioned guys like Turnbull yet who could potentially come in and make a difference. Um, but just to sort of move on, and I'll get your, your scores at the, the end of the show. Um, so I'll give you half an hour to come up with a, a scoreline for Sunday. Um, but someone who probably epitomises the fact that we still have quite a bit of a rebuild to go because I don't think this squad's completely... Uh, finished in its rebuild. I think we still need maybe three or four first-team players and maybe the same again on the bench to have a a very competitive squad. But someone who we haven't actually mentioned at all so far is Christopher Julian, and he has been getting quite a lot of comments following the B-team Glasgow Cup semi-final against Rangers at Ockenhowie yesterday. Acrobat came in to say, I've watched that B-team game, Big Julian is miles off it. Daniel F coming in to say B team getting a beat again from Sevco B, even though we had Julian and Dembele playing. That's embarrassing. Also had Mikey Johnson playing in that game as well. Um, and Acrobat comes in again just saying, we've not got any full-backs pushing for the first team. The laddie core at right-back struggled to control the ball, which killed the momentum yesterday. Lads, did you manage to catch much of the game? It was on uh, YouTube and we'll speak about the commentary later on, but um, it was a, a far better performance, I think, from Celtic, from the, the team that played at Celtic Park in the Lowland League game. Obviously, two goals for Celtic in this one. The defending still to be uh, worked on, but um, anyone really catch your eye? I'll start with you, Kevin. Um, not really, to be honest with you. I was uh, I only caught fleeting glances of the game. I was pretending to work yesterday afternoon, <laughs> so I could only, could only catch wee bits here and there. Um, to be honest, I thought it was it was a typical youth team game from both sides. There wasn't too many standouts, I didn't think, in either side. You could tell that there was, was a lot of young boys that are still kind of learning the game, developing physically and developing their skill sets. Uh, so no no one really stood out for me. Uh, it's been like the next player that's going to chap on the door. Uh, that said, I was really impressed by Dembele's assist for the second goal. I think it was when he's mm-hmm. went in there to the long bursting run forward so that was good, that gives you a little bit of hope with him that if he can start to get the minutes under his belt again that maybe he's one that could uh, you know match or meet the potential that he's shown or yeah, that he's shown for the last few years and the injuries just stopped him from, from hitting but um, on the whole I just thought you know it's a typical youth team game you know no, no real standouts unfortunately yeah, Johnson got the, the scoring going after about 12 minutes, tapping in uh, from a low cross. Um, and then uh, Rangers equalised just before half-time. What had to be said is a fantastic strike from the edge of the box that caught Oluwaiemi uh, cold. Celtic, as we said, took the lead again. It was a fantastic run from um, 
I was going to say Musa Dembele. It's not Musa Dembele. It's Karamoko Dembele. Um, and the thing here, Sean Curran brings up that Dembele's too easily knocked off the ball. If you go back and watch that, he's actually fouled in the lead-up to it, gets on with it, continues on, gets himself into the box, beats three or four of their players and basically gives the, the striker an easy tap-in from a couple of yards out. Um, then Rangers score with about 15 minutes to go. The, the whole defence, including Chris Julian, switch off, and the, the striker's left one-on-one, uh, and he puts it away. Goes to penalties straight away, and the penalty miss is the fourth penalty, fifth penalty from Celtic. Um, it, yeah. it has to be said, it was a, a good lot of penalties that was taken before that, but we had the, the Yuri Geller moment where as the Celtic player goes up to take the ball, the ball moves a wee bit there, so um, that's clearly what's put him off and he's missed his penalty, but all in all, as you say, Kevin, it wasn't much of a exciting game of football and there wasn't anyone particularly who stood out, but what you're looking for is if Chris Julian, Brian, has any sort of future at Celtic, that is a game he's got to stand out in. Instead, he picks up a yellow card for a needless foul and doesn't really look as if he's going to be interested in sort of being involved in that game. It was as if it was beneath him. To be fair, if you're Chris Julian, and I know he's been out for a year, but I think it's a, um, maybe I'm, maybe this isn't accurate, but he's the second most expensive player we've ever bought, isn't he? Behind Roughly, Roughly, yeah. Right. He was a mainstay, League Cup winning goal, you know, towering defender, and he's been out for a year, and then he's no feature this season, really. And he's playing the B team. No wonder he's fed up. Like, and I'm not saying we're mistaking him, but I can understand why he wouldn't be interested. I mean, he's going to risk injury again in a B, a, a, a B, a youth team game. Uh, it seems bizarre decision to me. I, I, that would suggest to me he's probably not going to be here next season. I think, you know, when you go down that route, and even if you look at the, the game where bringing players on and stuff, and he's nowhere, nowhere to be seen, I, I think he's probably off. In terms of the, the B team itself, I mentioned this the other week and I think people thought it was going to be a bit harsh, but I'll, I'll repeat it again because I just don't think there's enough quality there. People, we spoke before about Will, any youth players meant to step up. Under Engineers talked about how he wants to utilise the academy, but it just doesn't seem there's much there for me. And the boy Lol, I think, is the only one that looks like he could step up. He's got the physicality, he's, he's decent on the ball, he's fairly composed. Um, I do like the keeper. Um, Olawayemi, I think he's a good player. Karimoko will probably feature if he signs a new contract, which we don't know. Other than that, I mean, there's a couple of young guys like Rocco Vata. He's not going to feature next season. I, I think in terms of rebuild, there's a lot of you know academy sort of rebuild to be done. I think in terms of getting young players in and starting to develop them into and players that will feature into the first team. And I don't think you know Andrew says to focus on the first team first, um, but there's a lot of work to be done. Because there wasn't anybody, I'm going, wow, that's that's the future of Celtic there. Really, if I'm, if I'm honest, and I know that's harsh because they're young, but there was nothing especially fascinating. I think it was Danielle said about the fact that we've been a few times and stuff. And I wonder, Tommy McIntyre's been involved with the team for quite a long time. And I'm assuming what he does is sort of, he just sort of organises them, picks the team and tries to motivate them. But apparently they train a lot with the first team. There's a sort of put in place. You're wondering maybe does that need freshened up? But I'm not saying Zach Tommy McIntyre, I'm just saying, is there a rejig needing involved? Is there other stuff to do? The Academy's a wee bit of concern for me, if I'm honest. Just if we're, if we're going to be the type of club that focuses on that and tries to develop players, there's no lot of potential there. And don't get me wrong, if somebody comes in next year and it's UK internally, I'll happily eat my words. I'm I have no issue with that at all. I just don't there's nothing I've seen other than I say big law and the keeper that makes me particularly excited about the academy players. I, I'm going to probably take a bit of a slagging for this, but for me, this is a legacy issue. And this what? is a legacy issue that has been left for from previous management yep. to the, the point of there was no route for these players into the first team. Guys like Barry Hepburn, uh, Liam Morrison making the decision to go to Bayern Munich to further their development, Vincent Angelini, who is Davy Hayes' grandson, making the move down to, to Brighton, um, what was it, the boys at Liam Hughes that was the, the goalkeeper makes his way down to Liverpool um, we're, we're speaking about guys like I'm, I'm talking about guys that are even still attached to the club, guys like Lee O'Connor who came in at the same time as Jeremy Frimpong was never given a chance 
Um, Scott Robertson out on loan. He's going to come back in. Where is he going to fit into the system? Is he going to fit into the system? Guys like um, Cairn McEnroy, who has done three or four loan spells down in the Scottish Championship, never once really been on the bench to be given a go. There is a, a you look at the B team right now, and it is full of guys that are 16, 17, 18, 19 at a push. But guys like Rocco Vata just turned 17, Toby Olawayemi, 17, he's now in the, the England of the 19 squad. These these are going to take a couple of years for these guys to develop to be anywhere near ready to say, look, you can come in and be part of that first team. The only players that are in that B team just now that could potentially make the step up in pre-season are guys that we actually signed, not guys that have come through the youth academy. You're talking about guys like Johnny Kenny, who came in from uh, Sligo Rovers. You're talking about Boston Lowell, a guy who came in from uh, Watford, who was the Watford Academy Player of the Year. You're talking about, uh, I'm trying to think who else could potentially come in. Maybe Azazi Uragidi, if he comes back from his loan spell, and Liam Shaw. Those are the only four that could potentially come into it that have played senior football at some point and could make that step up in the pre-season. Guys like Owen Moffat and that, they were given the chance this pre-season. Maybe there'll be one or two of them. But we are at the point where we're a cycle away from having players that we can say, come up and have a go. And we've lost that whole cycle. And for me, that's a legacy issue that's been left from the previous management. 100% isn't it? It's it's not just a legacy issue. It's, It's a key point of how the club's going to move forward because we need to be sending younger guys that fit the type of football we're going to play. And the problem is if you get managers, different managers, we all different ideas and all different youth players, that's why it's, it's this sort of mishmash. So I think the whole scouting system needs to change. Somebody in the comment section, I can't remember who it was, so I apologise, but they said, we never give youth a chance. What I would challenge back on that is, who at the moment would you put into Celtic's first team to give them a chance? Is it other than the, the ones we mentioned, Lowell? Defence has been solid, so you're not going to give them a chance there. If Stephen Mills can't get a look in, or guys like Scales, or Julian, Law's not going to fit in there. Karimoko, maybe, who's already in and about the first team. So you're not going to drop, as I think the boy Kenny's decent, but you're not going to drop Hugo or Maeda or Yakimakis for, for Kenny for a league game. So I think we need to give youth a chance, certainly, but the youth has to be there in the first place. And that's, I think, the problem for Celtic, which is not the desire to do it. It's the options available, in my opinion. And obviously, as you said, the game went to, to penalties yesterday. Um, there was an interesting comment from uh, a, a kind of comedy figure amongst the Celtic support, Tom Miller, the Rangers TV commentator, um, also known as Commentator Tom, uh, or also known as What's the Goalie Dane Tam? This guy who... Every time we we beat them, it's always a good laugh to listen to his commentary because you can hear the hut and the anger in his voice. Kevin made an interesting comment about Rocco Vata, and it's I don't think it's went down too well at all, and I can completely understand why. As Rocco Vata goes up to take up the, the the penalty kick, he's reminded that he's the son of Rudy Vata, and also that he could potentially represent Albania, Scotland, and the Republic of Ireland. The Republic of Ireland due to his, his, his parents, his, his mum or his gran on his mum's side, something along those lines. Um, and he says, well, we all know which team he picked. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Where is the need for something like that in our reserve game? A reserve game, the bitterness coming through. 
there's just no need for it at all. And it doesn't matter what level of game it is. It doesn't matter where you are in society. There's no need for that. There's not. It's racism. <laughs> it, that's just what it is. You, you can't understand, can't get in, in the mindset of somebody that that just makes that comment and and thinks it's fine to do so. And that's the official club commentator of that club. So that is that is their official view, I'm guessing, on somebody like Rocco Vata or anyone choosing to play for a country for whatever reason they choose to, you know. Um, I, I don't know how he would feel about this one with me, but my daughter was born in Scotland to a Hungarian mother. She's lived out here for the last five years with us. If she becomes a sports person, you know, what's his opinion going to be if he chooses to play for Scotland over Hungary or the other way around? What does it matter? The young boy's made his decision based on his personal feelings, his personal attachment to a country. Nothing else, you know. It's it's nothing. It's not it's it's not Tom's Tom Miller's business where he's gone. It's just despicable. I think that he's come out and said what he said about it. A bit of the insinuation, anyway, in what he said. Brian, it's just a it's just something that doesn't need to be said. The boy's just stepping up to take a penalty. You could simply say he's the son of Rudy Vata and he's an Ireland under nineteen internationalist. Leave it at that. Why then? try and make some sort of... And it was, it was made as a sort of joke in terms... And it's the worst taken joke. It's that sort of joke that gets players abuse whenever they go around the grounds in Scotland because they've turned their back on their country. There's absolutely no need for that. And in fact, the guy that steps up to score the goal for Rangers to put them through, Charlie McCann, he actually changed his allegiance from the Republic to Northern Ireland. What was the need for the comment there? There was nothing said about that. There was nothing said about Karamoko playing for um, the, the Ivory Coast or for, for England or for Scotland. That was just because it was the Republic Island, Tom Miller thought, I've got to say something here. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a, a ridiculous mentality. Um, I mean, is it because it's Ireland or because he thinks, you know, is it a, a Catholic thing? It's just madness. There's, there's been Irish players play for Rangers. There's no 1983 anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, where the commentator thinks that's appropriate to say that. And did you see Karen Moko, I think he's actually leading to England for his national team. Mm-hmm. The commentator never mentioned that. Neither he should. But the point is it was perfectly because it was because it was Ireland and the implication is that, you know, if you're a, a child and you're desperate to be Irish, you know, it's the fact the guy's got Irish parents. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's just it's small minded, it's nasty and sadly it's no surprising. Um, I think that, like, as he meant it, Jess, as he tried to make a joke, possibly, right? I don't know the guy, but the reality is a stupid thing to say, given the, what we know about the clubs, the type of world we live in, it's a stupid thing to say, and it's a nasty thing to say. Interestingly, I don't think Celtic have mentioned anything about it. I think they've asked for an apology or anything like that. I would prefer they just sort of. I don't know. I prefer they want to let it go and just move on and no acknowledge him. Or they would say, hold on a second, why why is specifically that? It's nice comment. I think he's trying to defend himself on Twitter, purely. Um and yeah, it's just we all know what the type of character the guy is and I just think it's uh, it's really poor. As I say, look, if he makes that joke in the pub to his pals, it's still inappropriate but he cares. And maybe maybe he's meaning it just but you don't do it in that platform. It's ridiculous. It's, it's a crazy thing to say, and it's unfair in the boy because what he's doing is he's putting pressure on that boy now. That boy is up in the first team at Celtic. Is he going to get the Aidan McGeady treatment where he was given dogs abuse? He spoke about he spoke about you with Tati earlier living in Glasgow. I met Aidan a bunch of things when he was at Celtic, and the abuse he used to take just walking down the street. And it wasn't because he played for Celtic, it was because he played for Ireland. And that's a fact. It's not the first time, you know, James McCarthy's got his thinking as well. And the fact that someone on a, a forum, the people are viewing, saying something like that, I think it's terrible. Um, you know, I would need, none of us would make any comment like that. And Eddie cares about us, you know, you know, I, I, think that, I think the main thing, Brian, yeah. is though, and you see a lot of people saying, well, these group of fans do this and these group of fans do that. I think the fact that this has came from an official source at the club, point. You know, I mean, it's, it's on an official platform, they should know better. 
if we're ever going to root stuff like this out of the game, then the official commentator from that club has to do better, especially when they've got a programme which is everything or everyone, everything or whatever it is that's all about inclusiveness. Stuff like that, you're kind of balancing off against each other and you're saying, look, kind of don't use... I'm trying to think of the right term here, but basically a case of practice what you preach. And that's not what they're doing. See, the thing, Colin, is like, like, loads of my mates are Rangers fans. My dad was a Rangers fan. No of these say, no of these are bigger or, or a baddie or a goodie. No of these clubs are macular. We do, you know, sex is your support. Only great. We're not talking about that. That's an official club representative who's making a comment like that. It doesn't matter what the club is. If that was, you know, Jamie Cullock say something like that about a Rangers player, or we'd be the same outrage because it's poor. And it's just, it's just an example that, you know, but it's not about fans or it's just about this attitude and the fact it's a club rep and it's not being held to account. That's incredibly frustrating for me. It is, but I mean, we'll see what the outcome of this is over the next couple of days. But um, yeah, I just think stuff like that should be left back years and years and years ago and we've got to move on from stuff like this. Yeah. Speaking sorry, about moving on, oh sorry. As well, that Celtic haven't come out and said anything. Neither have Rangers. That's my it's point. Come, I, it's, come, it's come out on the, the official platform and they've not come out and apologised on his behalf or on the club's behalf. It's it's just indicative of that kind of institutionalised racism and sectarianism that's prevalent in certain sections of Scottish society. And there's there's just there's no place for it in, in the modern day. It's Absolutely, it's like an accepting thing. It's like I remember I don't do too much of a rabbit hole here, but I remember a while back there was like sectarian sign in Glasgow and stuff, and it was kind of you know or used to it, just got on with it. It's like yeah. it's, it's used to it. if you come to Glasgow, you should expect that kind of attitude. Aye, and it's, when it comes to an official source, that somehow makes it worse because it's like leaving time. Yeah, I would like condemning it. They're just validating it, really. <laughs> exactly, and I'll, I'd like to think that someone will come out and say something over the next twenty-four hours on this, but I, I wouldn't hold my breath. Um, moving forward, though, um, and we'll go back to Ross County coming up at the weekend. I did say I'd come back and ask you for your predictions. Um, look, this is massive at the weekend. We've got the Rangers game is now Saturday at 12 o'clock. If they drop anything, then you've got to think that the tails are up for the game on Sunday. The two teams not playing at the same sort of same time zone on Sunday, look back to back against each other. I'm quite disappointed in that because I thought that offered a bit of spice to that sort of round of fixtures. But as you said, it's all about Celtic continuing to play the football that they've played, get back to the style of football that we were playing against St Johnston the other week, look at basically trying to get the best out of this squad we've got, whether it is draining the likes of um, Hatati to get the last five games out of them and give them six, seven weeks off. That's exactly what we've got to do. For me, I would go into the, the game with Joe Hart and goal. Um, if Juranovic and Taylor are fit, they would be my fullbacks. If not, then I think you've got to go with Ralston and probably Scales. It's the only option I can't see Ball and Golly making a, a comeback into the Celtic team. Um, and continue with the partnership of uh, Starfelt and Carter Vickers in the midfield. I think you, you've got to go with McGregor. Um, I would probably go with Tom Rodgick. I know he didn't have a great 45 minutes against uh, the Rangers at the weekend, but I do think... In a game like this, he can show his importance. He definitely did it the last time at Dingwall when he came off the bench. And Hatati's had a week off, so I'm going to say that he'll be able to play that game. Um, what I am hearing, though, is that Giacomakis will be fit for the game. That's what's coming in in the comments section. So if that is the case, I think, and I'm going to try and do something a bit different here, I'm going to go with Maeda, Kyogo and Giacomakis up front. At the weekend, now I know, I know Kyogo isn't best suited out wide, but I just think you're not going to be playing a traditional three. I think they're all going to be moving about. I think you've seen Jackie Marcus can drop back a wee bit as well. 
I just try and go out there and get as many goals in the first 45, 60 minutes as possible and then rest the players, bring on Jota, bring on Abada and, and take it from there. We need the three points. This is the most important three points since the last one, Brian. Colin, I love that. Colin is going to be a 2 3 5 formation. Just go for it. Just go for it. I bother with Joe Hart stick another striker up there as well. Joe <laughs> Wood Wide Right is right up there with my Juranovic as a number six now. I think that's going to get an infamy to a for me. But if it gets the result, uh, I'm aware. Um, feel a bit more chilled out now, a bit more relaxed after after going up my high horse there. And I'm going to tell you all just quickly a wee shout out. Um, and a good way to relax is on July 9th in Swindon of all places Charlie and the boys are coming to Swindon um, for more information if you reach out to the Swindon Shamrock CSC on Twitter um, or if you reach out to me I can put you in touch with them so if you're in the surrounding area and you fancy a wee trip down to Swindon give us a shout there's about four pubs in the whole place but it's not a bad night and uh, Charlie and the boys July 9th so that's why I'm going to relax and it just came out my head there so sorry for the segue that's, that's fine, Brian. Who's your, your team and what's your prediction for Sunday? So, prediction 3 now. Um, I'm going to go Hart, Ralston, CCV, Starfield, Scales probably if Taylor's not fit. If Taylor's fit, start Taylor. Um, Beaton, McGregor, O'Reilly, um, Yakimakis, Meda, Jota. Kev? I'm just going to piggyback on Brian's selection. I think that's probably strongest we can put out. I'd maybe maybe consider starting Kyogo in, in place of one of the two wide forwards, but otherwise I think that would probably be my team as well. I think we just, you know, he said having Beaton back, I think he would be pivotal to having the team for that kind of game. But um, I, otherwise I'm, I'm team Brian and team selection for those things of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've already seen a couple of people having a, a goal for me picking Kyogo up there, but I do think it, you've got a sort of fluid three, um, whether it be Jota or Kyogo that starts and Jackamakis as well. Honestly, Kyogo can play it wide for us. It was just for me, it's maybe when he had Edward as the centre forward and there wasn't the connection there. Mm-hmm. But Kyogo's played it wide previously in his career, and if he's got a centre forward that's in the same wavelength as him and someone that's prepared to drift it wide while he comes into the middle, I think it can work. I think the one player we do have to keep an eye out for um, in this Ross County team is Regan Charles Cook. He is the top goal scorer in the league this season um, and we can't allow any complacency, especially with the title in such a close grasp. So it's just important that um, Celtic keep an eye on him, maybe stick a man on him to man-mark him from the word go. Uh, But as they always say, the best form of defence is attack and as Chris Fraser puts it, just one Celtic, just one. <laughs> I don't think we could put it any better, to be perfectly honest. Um, Chris, well, that picture, by the way, Chris, you look awesome. <laughs> I'm sure you can maybe exchange details after that, Brian. Um, listen, it has been a pleasure having both of you on um, Celtic State of Minds Wednesday Bulletin. Kevin Graham uh, will be back next week. Um, that isn't Kevin Graham that's here, although... I do have to say, Paddy Laverty saying that there's some facelift Kev Graham got in Tenerife, so you must be looking a lot better than Kev, Kev. Aye, well, I, I, I would like to hope so. I don't sound better than him, but I'd like to hope I look better than him. But he, will be, anyway, <laughs> he will be back next week, as will myself and Brian, hopefully to discuss another three points for the future champions of Scotland. Thanks to everyone who has been in the comment section. If you are watching, then give us a like on the video. It really helps the algorithm. Um, And we'll be back tomorrow at 12.30, where Paul John will be joined by John Paul to once again give their preview of the Ross County game. Until then, take care, stay safe, and hear well.
Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.